I like how he specifically <laughs> mentions Nolan movie. Yeah, can we bring that up? I, <laughs> I feel like I have a clarifying point on that. I don't want to drill on Nolan every single time we do this. What up, everyone? Welcome to the Twice Over Film Club, where we watch a movie every week. Today, we will be previewing The Lighthouse. This was suggested by a listener. And if you would like to suggest a film, hit us up at The Twice Over on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast that way you can stay up to date on all of our episodes. Recently, we have done movies such as The Garden of Words, The Lincoln Lawyer, Bavarium, No Country for Old Men, Inside Man, Birdman, and so many others. As you can tell just from that list, we do our best to keep the list as diverse as possible. Alright, so here is our spoiler-free preview of The Lighthouse with myself, Fahad, and Yusuf. Let's get into our topic of discussion. The Lighthouse 2019 film. This was a listener suggestion. It was suggested by Ather. He wanted us to watch this movie. Well, before I get into that, this is a 2019 film directed by Robert Eggers. It stars Robert Pattinson and William Defoe. It's a pretty short movie. I guess you could put it under drama, psychological thriller. Um, some places say that it's a horror film. I'm not sure about that. In any case, Ather recommended this movie because he thinks the cinematography is, quote, a masterpiece. And he thought we at the twice over would really enjoy it. Wow, that's a little presumptuous. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, we'll see if we agree. And he also says yeah. the acting between William Defoe and Robert Pattinson, the chemistry was amazing. So those are the two main things. He wa- he listens to our uh, podcast, so he knows that we break our scores up into the different elements. So he's specifically telling us that out of the five elements, he thinks the acting and the cinematographer aesthetics are the two really strong suits of the movie. And we'll see if we agree with him. That is very helpful, by the way, to kind of break it down by our our exact categories. And uh, and yeah, like, so thanks for the, the recommendation out there. And I think this was definitely one that's like worth diving. There's a lot to discuss in this movie, whether you like it or not, I feel like. So um, there's a lot. There, it's certainly multifaceted. Yeah, it is. And pretty short movies an under two hour movie. And yet uh, I think there is a good amount to discuss. I will say this is my first time watching it, but I do remember hearing quite quite a bit about it when it first came out and beyond that too a lot of people not just author but a few others have also told me that this is a movie worth watching it's available on amazon prime by the way so you can watch it i'm pretty sure it was like an amazon prime uh like production with a24 or something like it came out on that uh, platform so when this movie first came out i was excited to see it and then i saw the trailers and i knew it was going to be a little bit of a difficult watch and uh i've postponed it until this point and <laughs> You know, I enjoyed it, but how did this movie do in terms of accolades? Did it did it was it nominated for any Oscars or anything like that? Looks like it was nominated for one Oscar, um, and the nomination was for best achievement in cinematography. Okay, I think that it that, that did not fits. win an Oscar. It it was nominated for a BAFTA award, also cinematography. I mean, it was nominated quite a few places. The only thing I see it winning, American Society of Cinematographers, they gave it uh, the Spotlight Award. I'm not sure what that is for the American Society of Cinematographers, but I assume it's an award for cinematography. Okay, so I, yeah, and I think I think I just recall there being a lot of discussion about why. The this movie didn't get more in in terms of critics uh no not the critics that are that are responsible but others thinking that it deserved more more nominations and more awards than it than it perhaps did end up winning yeah so i think that's that's an interesting just point because i think there's a lot of people who thought this movie kind of got snubbed to a degree um so mm-hmm. and that's kind of where i remember hearing about it the most i actually hadn't i had no idea what this movie was about until i watched it now as well so that's fun i mean all three of us kind of put off watching it yeah yeah uh and but i'm glad i got around to it because i think yeah it's definitely worth discussing I mean, the whole awards debate, mm-hmm. I can understand why 
It got snubbed. There was stiff competition all around, so I'm looking at the categories it was nominated for. I don't think it should have won any of them. Let's give you the overview of the movie first. It's two lighthouse keepers, William Dafoe playing one, Robert Pattinson playing another. We'll refer to William Dafoe, the character's name as uh, Thomas, and Robert Pattinson's character as Ephraim. They are, so William Dafoe's character, obviously, he's the one who's very experienced. And then Robert Pattinson's character is the one who's very new at the job. Uh, They need to learn to work together and basically not lose their mind while they're on this isolated island manning this lighthouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's good. I think that's a pretty good summary of the movie overall, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think from our scores, you'll get an idea of what more this movie contains. So I'll start with the narrative. I gave this a 55. Oh, wow. Okay, I gave it an 80. I'm at a 75. I will say this. So I think there's a lot to get through towards the beginning of the movie. Not even beginning. First half hour to 45 minutes, easy, which is close to half the movie. Before your engagement level, before it goes up, before your intrigue is peaked. (laughs) Because you could easily stop watching after 10 or 15 or even 30 minutes and be like, whatever. I didn't admit, like, I don't care to watch the rest because nothing is happening. I just thought it was way too slow for those first 45 minutes. And that's the main reason. I just think there's a lot of people. One is black and white, right? I will Mm -hmm. talk about this in aesthetics too. And like the aspect ratio is not your standard wide aspect ratio of like 16 by 9 or something. Uh, It's really close to one to one. It's not even four by three. Um, And yeah, it's like one point. Two by one or something like that. So yeah, it's, it's almost very clear. But like, I just I can see so many people watching the first 15, 20 minutes and just turning it off. Like it's there's nothing and there's nothing there to catch you. And I feel like the that's where the director is supposed to shine. It's supposed to make like the audience get engaged before they get too bored. And I don't think the director succeeds in doing that. And the story itself definitely does not mm-hmm. succeed in doing that in the first like 30, 45 minutes. So can we talk about this a little bit in terms of the direction and what we mean by that? So for us, what like what is the role of the director when we're talking about that for scoring purposes? What exactly are we looking for? Because I think it's important in this film, particularly here. Uh, but you know, generally we talk about this, and it's a little bit ambiguous as to what we mean. Yeah. So the director is obviously <laughs> the direction in general is a hard aspect to box in into any of these categories. It's because it's obviously the the director's job is to have everything cohesively work with the movie. You know, the writing needs to be presented a certain way. The actors need to act a certain way. The aesthetics need to be, um, again, presented a certain way. And the narrative, the story needs to be told a certain way. So, like, the director's hands are on everything. I just put it under the narrative category mainly because I think at the end of the day, the director needs to tell a story and how well do they tell that story. So that's what the engagement, the pace, that stuff... And the audience connection really comes through. Like, I feel like those things, you can have a great story, but a bad director will fail in all three of those things. Like, they wouldn't, the pacing could be bad, the engagement could suck, and the audience could have, like, zero connection to the story at the end of the day. I feel like the director is what brings the story to life so that the audience can appreciate the story. I would just say in the first 35 to 45 minutes of this movie... The director fails at doing that. So Fahad, do you feel similarly? Uh, first of all, do you feel similarly about how you view direction? Yeah, I think I think the director is like the master of pacing, yep. the master of um, revealing what's going on. And to Faraz, I see your point with the first 30 to 45 minutes. The pacing is pretty slow, but there's so much going on on screen that it, it's, it's setting up for what comes later. And I don't think it was this movie was too far off with its pacing than... 
other movies that build in a similar way. I think I yeah I agree with more with more with Faraz than I mean sorry more with Fahad than I do with Faraz on this one. And I think part of it comes down to the fact that I, I don't know maybe I just subjectively disagreed on how slow the beginning of the movie was. I think I was intrigued from the start. If anything, mm-hmm. I think I brought my score down because things get kind of all over the place as the movie goes on and it's a little bit harder to to follow what you're supposed to be kind of absorbing. And so so that's kind of where I, where I marked it down a little bit. Uh, but I do think the director actually does a good job in terms of cohesiveness. Maybe to your point, not as much for pacing, but this movie is definitely cohesive in terms of the messages and the feelings it's trying to convey. And what I mean by that is that what you're getting out of the cinematography in terms of the tone of the movie, that goes really well with kind of what you're getting in terms of the dialogue and the introspection on these characters. That is, you know, kind of a good sense of whether there was proper direction in this movie, I think. Um, So Mm -hmm. I think cohesiveness is kind of what I weigh the most. I I felt the director was very much in control of what the audience, what the desired response from the audience was. (laughs) Yeah, Like at the beginning of the movie, it was trying to make you feel like you're in in an alien world. You're supposed to feel nauseated with a constant foghorn and like sound coming from every which direction. It's supposed to create this sense of confusion and... um, it creates this atmosphere that I think Eggers was after. Just to close that that point, I think you could argue that a lot of that was heavy-handed. And I think, uh, as we'll discuss in the cinematography category, I think I felt that way at certain times. However, mm-hmm. I'm not going to mark that against him here because he's doing exactly what he intends to do and he's doing it successfully. Whether I agree mm-hmm. with that or not, I'll score that in cinematography, right? So it's kind of like you have to look at the same elements in a different light in terms of the direction here. Um, so yeah, I think he mm-hmm. was successful in what he was doing, certainly. I think you can call into question, was it enjoyable? But mm-hmm. successful, no. I yeah, don't think so can... I think that's, that's a pretty big component of the overall narrative, though. Was the story enjoyable? I mean, it's a common combination of the direction and the story that I went this low. Right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ecstatic about it either. So <laughs> you guys are defending the direction decently well. Um, I kind of disagree a little bit. So in terms of narrative, looking at direction, I think I would defend it in terms of plot, maybe less so. And, and it's interesting because this, this is like a pretty... There's a lot go- there's a lot of complexity here as the as the story goes on so there is enough to like kind of pick apart here but yeah I think I think it's 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 more open ended in terms of how you feel about about that so Okay I mean I I kind of get where you guys are coming from let's move on to the writing and here I gave it a 75 Um I gave it a close score of 80 60 for me Ooh Okay right. Um Yusuf did you think <laughs> I assumed you went low because it's hard to understand or hear Yes that's certainly part of it and you know I at home on Amazon Prime I have my subtitles I'm yeah. I'm comfortable and I can I can at least get all of the dialogue Part of it is because I think there's several stretches where it's more for flavor than it is for substance Um, and Mm -hmm. certainly that's driven home by the fact that we have characters with heavy heavy accents and there's times where you can't understand what Thomas Wake is saying and if you can then being able to figure out what the hell he means is is a whole nother task, right? Yeah, like lighthouse lingo that we don't know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's like a true seafarer. And so you get that coming through in the way that he speaks. And I kind of loved his way of talking. But I just would say that it a lot of it isn't deeply purposeful. And it's more kind of setting the the tone and developing that, that, that personality. Um, so I think in terms of writing, some of it just didn't seem 
I, I still wouldn't call it fluff. I think it it just wasn't as purposeful. Um, and so that's kind of where I scored it down. And we'll we'll discuss this more. But I think there's a lot of things that actually, in terms of like where I would break down between acting and writing, I just kind of gave more credit to the acting than I did to the writing. So to build off what you said, um, Thomas Wake's character, he has these long monologues or soliloquies in which he's telling these um, stories of like sea, like sea folk tales, right? And there's a lot of mythology that he tries to um, convey. And I pick up on some of it. Most of it goes over my head, but I, I see where he's going. I wish I had the subtitles on. I only turned them on halfway into the movie, but um, <laughs> I didn't. It wasn't too bad of an experience for me. I generally appreciated how different it was. Again, even if I didn't, it, it went a lot over my head because I don't know this lingo. It's still, I appreciated it because I think it set the scene and the tone very well for the overall movie, and it kind of mm-hmm. plays into into the acting and aesthetics as well in a way, and it does a good job. Of uh, this is where like, the direction was strong, where it all kind of flowed with one another. I think the writing can be best characterized as being dense, like it's full, chock full of references to other literary works, and um, and just like the intent, the way the characters are supposed to be interacting with each other. I don't know if you can make out everything that's being said uh, with with one watch. I think it deserves another repeat watch. I don't know if you guys watched the credits, but at the very end, I think in the credits, it's kind of said that uh, the a lot of the dialogue or was inspired by like, actual journals. Yeah, there's from, uh, hmm. there's a long list of like historical documents and texts that they used to kind of piece yeah. together a lot of the yeah just the the mythology or the folk tales that that they work into the script. You know, honestly, that's a fair point because I think I really do enjoy that stuff. And the fact that it went over my head on the first watch doesn't mean that it's not kind of there to kind of, you know, to kind of pick your brain with. So mm-hmm. I think there there is a lot of that. I, I wanted to ask, though, did you guys feel like some of the moments were a little bit, I, I'm going to use the word campy, uh, but just to clarify, I mean, like, it's extremely exaggerated kind of uh, in, a, yeah. in, in a purposeful way, but it's like extremely, extremely exaggerated. And I'm talking about, of course, you know, Thomas Wake's character to a heavy degree there, but not just him. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. I, I don't know if I should, I guess I can say it, right? Is, uh, is there one scene that you're thinking of in particular? Let me tell you the scenes that I'm, that's not just one it's a lot of the scenes where they're getting drunk. Yeah, um, oh, okay. and, and there's more, and I, we we can talk about this after the jump. But like, there there are certainly particular scenes that I'm thinking of where it's like campy to the point that it's kind of comic relief, and that kind of broke something for me in terms of the the uh, continuity. Yeah, like it, okay. it kind of yeah, it kind of destroyed kind of what was building to a degree. Um, so I, I'm just I'm not sure that I love the choice in certain moments, and and also as is clear by the fact that I'm scoring it here, I think that was clearly intended and it wasn't just brought on by the acting but it was it was really pushed from the side of the script and so i counted to the writing on that regard i think we can move on to the next category acting and here i gave it a 90 um i gave it a 90 as well 95 yeah not much to really critique right um, <laughs> yeah not not at all the chemistry is great between the two uh william defoe and robert pattinson i guess the only reason and reason i didn't go higher is kind of the scenes that we just mentioned under the writing category which is uh those overly dramatic moments it's a combination i think of the writing and even of the acting where it kind of took me out of it where you know you had these two characters you have an idea of who they are and then 
those scenes kind of take you out from that and it's like oh what's going on here <laughs> so that's the only reason i didn't go higher because i don't know if i if i should blame 100 percent of the writing but i kind of like split it between the two between the writing and the acting yeah i think i did blame the writing just because you know i, I wish I, I do want to talk about this in depth but it's just like i don't think those were mistakes at all i think that they were asked to do certain things and willem dafoe in particular i think they're both great but you know he was really asked to play deeply into this character type and i thought he did that like to excellence right you know whether that what that conveyed and whether it was too strong or or whatnot i think maybe that is up to the director as to what choices he was making and so i i kind of don't fault him necessarily for kind of you know overplaying his hand i think he was asked to kind of play like a very a guy that was full of character right <laughs> let's just leave yeah. it at that yeah. with defoe's character a lot of what he says does it did it make you laugh was it a comedy to you guys? I don't think uh, so. There, there really. were moments, certainly, but I think overall, <laughs> um, I, I just he seemed like a guy with like with with like yeah. a very quirky personality, basically. And you know, he, yeah, he, like you said, he goes on these long monologues and all that. It wasn't necessarily making me laugh as much as yeah. it was giving me like just insight into into who he was. So when when the intensity of his monologues was ratcheting up, I was, yeah, I was laughing because mm-hmm. I think I think that was intended to yeah. be over the top with the, w- the way Winslow carries himself right the way Robert Pattinson plays himself it's it's a very the character carries himself with this uneasiness he he's not a trustable character and I thought it was brilliant because it, there's meaning to it juxtaposition there too right because Willem Dafoe is like very brash and outwardly loud Pattinson is kind mm-hmm. of playing this guy who wants to kind of keep his head down a little bit and so he does a lot to put you in in the headspace of that person and it to to be clear we're also pretty much experiencing this movie more so from winslow's point of view right so robert pattinson kind of has to carry the narrative in a in a way from that standpoint um i just wanted i remember when we talked about tenet we were kind of like damn like robert pattinson finally doing like a serious role and like that was a bunch of garbage because i think fahad called us out in the moment but right yeah you you were like right he had he had pretty impressive movies that he's done he's done a lot of indie films and stuff and uh shout out to shumps who gave us one of our earlier recommendations for a movie for vivarium uh but he said the same thing as soon as that episode aired he kind of side texted me and he was like dude you guys you got to watch this movie and this movie and this movie you're not giving robert pattinson enough credit um you know he's not just twilight and he certainly is not and i think this is like a great this is great evidence of that yeah actually after the one who suggested this film he said the same thing to me as we were leaving the theater after we watched tenet he was like, mm-hmm. yeah, Robert Pattinson was really good, and he's he's done some other great stuff, like The Lighthouse, which he's been, again, telling me to watch for a long time. Yeah, and I love to see actors kind of, you know, develop and get into different types of roles. So, you know, I think my view of Robert Pattinson was outdated, but, like, certainly there was a point where he was, you know, kind of a... He played more romantic characters and did fantasy stuff like that, and he kind of worked his way into more serious, more nuanced roles. And I, I love to see that for a lot of actors. We talked about it recently with uh, Matthew McConaughey, too, right? So, like, I just... I yeah. like to see that progression, yeah. certainly. Okay, so let's move on to the themes here. I gave it an 80. Um, I also gave it an 80. 85 for me. Right, we're pretty close here. Uh, themes are kind of kind of clear, kind of in your face, I would say, in a way. Especially through the aesthetics, I think they 
they kind of play up the themes quite a bit. I mean, some of them that, that are quite obvious are, you know, you, there's, you're two guys on an island. So the theme of like isolation, confinement, loneliness, things like that. It's a significant part of the movie, I would say. So that's why I kind of went a little higher than average, basically, because it is something I feel like most of the movie is trying to convey more or less the themes. The movie makes a lot of references to mythology, right? And I think the reason it does is it's a shortcut to exploring some of the themes that it, the movie already had. Yep. Yeah. And we'll talk about it more in the discussion. I struggled not to score it even higher um, on that regard. I think this is a movie that you need to kind of, we talked about this earlier with, you know, just the way that the movie tries to, what's the word you use, Fahad? I, the word I would use is like, it tries mm-hmm. to disorient you with a lot of the choices that it makes. And yeah you are going to lose a lot of context because of that. And they're trying to do that to you where they're throwing a lot at you and then you're not able to process it quickly enough. And so I do think like not even just talking about beyond broad themes, but also like in terms of symbolism, kind of psychological takes on this movie, there's a lot of different ways you can go with what you're seeing on screen. Mm -hmm. And so that is certainly something that this movie is worth going back for a second time. And, you know, Atter kind of mentioned, by the way, that, you know, this is a movie that doesn't require a second or third movie uh, like Nolan's movies do, right? First of all, I take strict offense to that um, because (laughs) I think, like, a second or third viewing is not a bad thing, right? I think we've talked about this, but what's bad is a movie like Tenet where the first viewing is incomprehensible, right? You don't want yeah. that. And this movie is not that. I think you can follow this movie, certainly. Yeah. And But then, beyond that, similar to a lot of Nolan's better movies, I would say, right? You can go back and you can peel back that onion. And there's a lot of different uh, things you can interpret in different ways. And there's a lot of different things that you're only going to catch on a second or third viewing. So I think this movie is just chock full of that stuff. So, you know, frankly, I, I almost went higher for that reason. I, I didn't because maybe it's a little bit of a mishmash. And I think it's not kind of uh, that part of the movie is not so cohesive. They just they throw a lot at you. So there's there's a yeah. lot to play with, but it's it's not all coming together nicely. But yeah, this is this is great for that type of thing. Right. There's just there's so much to, to play with and think about. To build off what you said, core story of this is pretty simple to follow. But there's a lot of breadcrumbs and the strings that are laid out for you to pull. And you can uncover a lot of interpretations just by doing that. But um, the first viewing, extremely satisfying. Sure. Agreed. All right. Uh, let's move on to the last category, aesthetics. Here I gave it a 60. Ooh. Hmm. Wow. Controversial. I give it an 85. <laughs> uh, I went with a 90, but oh, without man. even starting here, I mean, I-, I can see where it's coming from for us. But <laughs> let's talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, I almost universally always hate it when they don't stick with a natural uh, aspect ratio. <laughs> so I we need we need to, we need to talk about this. This is like an inside joke with like our friends group where like there's certain things that Faraz has mentioned about movies that like just like became like legendary as a comment. There was certainly a mention one time where it was like, uh, "How'd you? Th- what'd you think about that movie, Faraz?" And he was like, "Oh my god, I hated it. That stupid aspect ratio, right? Like he just wanted the widescreen <laughs> and it wasn't there." And we were like, "Really? Like that's what you took away from it? That's like the movie said. was just ruined by that?" But I, I gotta agree. Like you know, jokes aside, the aspect ratio is a little bit jarring. I think I think it is purposeful because part of this movie is supposed to make you feel kind of claustrophobic, and so like mm-hmm. that that without a doubt 
you know, contributes to it. But it's also kind of just annoying in terms of because that's not a realistic viewing experience, right? Like if you're if you want to feel in the moment, that kind of is working against it because you're, you know, in the moment, you would obviously not be confined to such a tight view. Get a little more deeper into why I scored it so low. I get exactly the purpose of why they went with the the aspect ratio that they went with. I just think that is totally unnecessary. You can get that same claustrophobic, confined feeling with better framing, um, better set design, things like that. You don't have to literally cut, you know, the film. You don't literally have to just have big black bars on the side that distracts you from the movie. But I did love the black and white. I thought the black and white usage was amazing. Like It was super dramatic. The contrast and the shadows that we're working with, uh, especially shots of people's faces, it was really, really well done. I thought I thought that was great. Besides like feeling purposeful, like right? It's supposed to feel old-timey, shot in black and white on high contrast film. There's high levels of grain and noise. Mm-hmm. It made for an interesting watch, and it created this bleak atmosphere. To your point, Faraz, can it be done on a widescreen? Sure, but that's not what they were going the for. The only point that I didn't like out of the stuff you mentioned is the aspect ratio. Uh, the graininess, the black and white, the high contrast. Mm-hmm. I loved all of that part. The other thing the aspect ratio does is it limits your view, and so it limits the information you're absorbing, right? So you yeah. can't see what's happening off the screen. I think that adds to the psychological horror aspect of it, right? You're not you're not unsure. Everything about the aesthetics here was trying to limit the information you can process, right? Aspect ratio, but also the black and white just cause such heavy shadows that like you're not able to make out a lot of details. And I think if you were able to see this thing in full color, then that would change your your viewing experience entirely. The, right. the point is to to kind of withhold information and uh, ding, ding, ding. That's kind of a theme. But um, right, like there's there's a lot that they put into that. Like we talked about this earlier. And for us, I think you're 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 kind of hitting on this, too. Like there you got to make a distinction at some point in terms of how well was the execution done? And did you like the choices that they made? So like even if you think the director did well in doing what he was trying to do in the aesthetics category, you can say, Despite that, I didn't like what he tried to do, right? He did it, but I just didn't like it, right? And, That's a good and point. so aspect ratio clearly hurt your score a lot on that front. I, I think it's a it's a choice that um, it just feels like you know, you're trying to be different for the sake of it. <laughs> I really don't think, I mean, I, I 100% believe you can get all, all the substantial purposeful stuff he wanted to get out of doing that uh, aspect ratio with a normal one. He didn't have to do... He didn't have to cut it off like that. What what you're not saying here is that it felt a little bit pretentious at times. I, I think I felt that way. <laughs> I, it, that doesn't mean that I didn't appreciate it because I, I certainly appreciated it. And like like we're saying, like he's really making purposeful choices here. So like I, I totally appreciate that. But there were points where it felt a little heavy handed. Yeah. So let's talk about the, the, the music and the score and the sound overall as well. I thought that was very heavy handed. And that's why I, I you know, that's the minus 10 that I'm giving it on my score, certainly. Did you did you guys feel early on in the movie that the audio was mono? Because that's what it felt like to me. Like you couldn't tell the directionality of where the sound was coming from. The foghorn was like omnipresent. The floorboards <laughs> were creaking, but the sound was coming from everywhere. The voices were like bouncing off everywhere. Maybe it was. I I, I didn't notice it. That's a Fahad like detail that, that only Fahad would notice, whether the sound was <laughs> mono or stereo. Uh, but you're right. I think it was like because it, it was yeah, it was very loud and omnipresent is like a great word for that. I don't know. Maybe that was just to kind of put you in the moment and make you feel like yeah. you're in the space, right? It was driving me crazy, and then I was like, okay, maybe 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 it's you're supposed to be driven crazy. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I can accept this. It says, you're on such a small island. Uh, every little noise is just coming from everywhere. Like, it will be heard. Yeah. I, I think I, I think also like beyond kind of the natural sounds, the score that they played over, I think that was extremely heavy. And like, you know, I'll be honest, we talk about scores and all of that in terms of kind of carrying tone and stuff. But like, you know, ideally, a, a musical score is is best when it is amplifying the the natural tone of the movie instead of like feeding you tone that isn't necessarily there and so i think there's like moments where i felt like you know i felt dread and i was like where is that dread coming from and it's like simply coming from like the the score that they're playing to kind of give you that sense of suspense and anxiety uh whereas Mm -hmm. like the shot itself probably doesn't have that much of it in it itself right so i think it it felt a little heavy-handed in that way um so i didn't enjoy the score at at all i think the, the sound uh generally was okay but then the score was like ugh, it's a little bit too much and it was very loud right it was very loud mm. yeah I, I i more or less agree 100 percent on on the sound and score that yusuf just said yeah so i think overall we're kind of positive on this movie though right yeah so, yeah, uh, so. if we want to go through it the acting score is obviously the highest we enjoyed acting themes and you two really li- like the aesthetics as well i just hated the aspect ratio but those are three three categories that i think are generally strong even if I didn't like the aesthetics, I can say that it is different. It's, it's unique. So it is a reason, I guess, to watch this movie, even if you're not going to end up liking the specific choices made in that element. But it's still a reason to, I guess, watch it to see what's out there. Yeah, you can assess it. Yeah, exactly. And maybe you will love it. Um, the narrative and writing, we were uh, we kind of like the writing, but uh, the narrative, we kind of all agree the plot is kind of uh, weak. But the direction can be considered kind of strong considering all those other elements and how well they work with one another. Yeah. And so looking back at kind of what Ather said to what make us watch this movie, I think we agreed certainly on the acting and me and Fahad agree on the aesthetics to a degree. I think I, I stopped short of calling it a masterpiece. Um, and Faraz, you are, <laughs> you think it's certainly not a masterpiece, right? So, um, it, and it's... No, yeah, you can't maybe... have a masterpiece freaking one by one ratio. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Do you do you reserve the masterpiece label for something that is a like it almost like a technological breakthrough like say like Avatar what Avatar did for 3D or 1917 for like shot continuity and like that that sort of stuff I think for me it's it's more I, I care a lot more about visual framing mm-hmm. really because like Birds of Passage I think I gave that like a hundred it's not like technologically impressive really it's just super well done gotcha if you know if you get what I mean. Yeah. Do you know? Do you guys know a lot about Eggers generally? Uh, Robert Eggers, no. who who I just watched the, the Witch. You watched the, the Witch. The Witch is very similar. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of similarities to this in terms of like the mythology and stuff. But I just thought it was interesting. Those are kind of the the two films that that he's known for. I think he has a couple other notable films, but like those are the two that pretty much everyone knows. And so he wrote this film mm-hmm. with his brother Max. So I, I just thought that was that was kind of interesting. That's a Again, kind of a. I think that one is more so a horror film than this is, right? But they're both kind of in that same space. Yeah, this is definitely a psychological thriller. I think that's a good enough uh, genre to put this under. Mm-hmm. We don't have to like try to push it under drama or horror or something else. I think that's fair. I, I I would say definitely go and check this one out. I think 
there's going to be a lot of people who are turned off just by the black and white to begin with, and and, and I, I mean the aspect that, ratio and the aspect ratio. I mean, I can't fault you if you don't if you don't enjoy those aesthetics, then you're not going to enjoy this movie, and and it's simple as that, right? Mm-hmm. And inc- and add in the first thirty minutes of the story. I mean, those three things for a lot of people is just going to be like, I'm not continuing to watch this for the next hour. They're just going to stop it. Yeah, yeah. So maybe this movie's not for everyone, right? I mean, that that's and that's it, that's okay to say that a movie can be great and also be for a select audience. Yeah, I think. If you can make it past the first ten minutes, you'll be absorbed into it. You'll be engrossed. The first ten minutes will ten minutes. Yeah, because it, I would say it'll get you. It'll get you used to the black and white, the general nauseated feeling you're supposed to feel. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. All right. We'll leave it at that for our preview. Make sure you watch this movie. It's on Amazon Prime. And come back next Thursday to listen to our discussion. Peace. Thanks for listening to this production of The Twice Over. If you haven't already, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcast. And remember to support us on Patreon or by sharing the podcast with a friend. Feel free to contact us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at The Twice Over. Or email us at comments at thetwiceover.com. All of the music you heard is from Amerigo Gasway. Check him out on Bandcamp and Spotify.